this week's guest is Sarah Fader. She is returning. We have a great conversation about parenting, well-being, Leo, and how to do productive work also and navigate anxiety and, and that kind of thing. If you like this program and want to support it, you can go to patreon.com slash waywardwordsmith and you can check out all of our other podcasts there. Um, I'm doing a one-man show in New York on October 3rd. It's called Manic Impressive. It's about my experience with bipolar disorder. If you want to go up to that, if you're in the area, please do. I'd appreciate any attendance. And it's going to be happening once a month. I'm workshopping it and hopefully going on a tour later. Okay, let's just get to that good, 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 good episode. Welcome back. You're the first person to echo that it's been a long flight so far. Woo! Um, you happen to be in town, so you just have a nice opportunity. Um, so last time you talked a lot about like what stigma had to live and that sort of thing, and a little, you know, a little bag here and there about your journey to figuring out how your brain is different. But now that it's you and me in a room, um, also a mother <laughs> and I would love to hear about how you cope while also being a parent and how you balance that and how you explain um, what's going on with you to your kids and that sort of thing. Yeah, I always think about that. I think about people that don't have mental illness and how mm-hmm. do they deal with parenting because parenting is hard as like a baseline. Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, you remember the the game show Double Dare on Nickelodeon? Yes. Okay. So, hey, we've got this obstacle course, and mm-hmm. there's all this, you know, shaving cream and whipped cream and mm-hmm. all these crazy things you have to do. So why don't we just amp it up a little bit and, like, put a blindfold on yeah. and, see, and see if you can do it without seeing anything? Yeah. That's how I feel about, <laughs> like, parenting is the obstacle course yeah. and then having mental illness is the blindfold. Oh, that's tough. You know, that's how yeah. it. That's how it feels. You're like, you can do it. It's just really, really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and there's days that are harder than others. I think mm-hmm. we were just talking about medication, and yeah. I came to the point in my life where I was like, I had this. I have a friend in high school who used to say, um, when you were jaywalking across the street. And you were like, can I make it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the cars are coming. Can I make it? Am mm-hmm. I going to get hit by a car? He'd be like, don't be a hero. Mm-hmm. And that's how I look at it when it comes to, like, surviving with mental illness mm-hmm. and having kids. Right? Yeah. Don't try to do the thing that you think you can do that you're pushing yourself to do. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, so, like, if I'm having really bad panic and the kids want to go to some really crowded place that day that they bring whatever Chuck E. Cheese or something like that. Or I mean, mm-hmm. that's not a good example because that's not something that we have now <laughs> near our house. Sure. But something that requires like my... A so- social class. So social, social things, but more like stimuli. Sure, yeah. That's the thing that I think with bipolar disorder and you'll relate to this is your mm-hmm. filter gets filled really easily. Sure, yeah. So it's like you imagine, that's how that's what Aaron and I talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. Your filter, it's like imagine like a coffee filter mm-hmm. and th- it's just filled to the top with coffee grounds and yeah. there's no room for you to breathe. Yeah. So that's 
you can't go to a place that's gonna give you hyper stimulation because yeah. it's going to make your brain explode. Yeah. You won't be able to function, you'll go into panic mode. Yeah. Luckily my kids have social anxiety. <laughs> one of them does. Yeah, um, but in Ari, my son who's ten, he's he's very socially anxious, so both of us would rather stay home. Yeah. Um, my daughter is more social, mm-hmm. but so but she's adaptable. Okay. So yeah, and and I mean it's nice living in a complex that has like things to do. Like the mm-hmm. apartment complex has a pool, so they're like, let's just go okay. to the pool, you know. And that's nice. Yeah. But I think that's what it is. It's about kind of knowing what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's this also the same problem as living with mental illness and not having kids. Mm-hmm. The same issue, which is sometimes you're like, I'm not sure if I can do this. Let's find out. Let's fucking see what happens. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think is so hard. Mm-hmm. Is w- we were just talking about this before mm-hmm. we started podcasting. Is this thing of like. Is your brain tricking you or not? Yeah. I don't know if I can actually do this thing. Yeah. I don't know, but I also don't want to prevent myself from experiencing something fun mm-hmm. and missing out. Sure. Yeah, it's always hard to know. The thing that's really challenging, too, is when your kid has symptoms of mental illness. Like yeah. So Ari has social anxiety and he gets panicked. But it looks different in kids, and yeah. and they don't know what's going on sometimes. Okay. So they don't know necessarily what's going on with you. And mm-hmm. then the repetition of continually explaining it, mm-hmm. you know, why are you lying down? Well, I'm lying down because I feel really anxious. Mm-hmm. You know, when your kids n- know the word anxious really well, yeah. <laughs> they're explaining it to their friends. Like, oh, my, my mom's anxious, is lying down. Mm-hmm. And that that's another thing that uh, people don't, often understand is that depression and anxiety are actually two different things. Oh, for sure. You know, people will think you're lying down, you're frozen, you're not getting out of bed, that's depression. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's anxiety. Yeah, I would say in my experience, that's mostly what I've been unable to do because I was just not able to move. And also, I was talking uh, years ago in acting class, like, a lot of people think of, like, when they try to make a character, like, they're playing somebody who's sad or depressed. It's like there's very low energy, and it's there's the same amount of energy. It's just internalized and it's conflicting with itself, and so you can't move. And that's also what anxiety is. It's like these two forces bumping up against each other, and there's nothing gets done. It just starts to like. Um, it's so true. Yeah. Um, talking about like being anxious of things that are out of your control, like that makes that's like eighty percent of everything being a parent is like dealing with things that aren't in your control and how you cope with that the problem for me with that is is cope the coping problem is the irritability sure because i naturally have a low frustration tolerance so if something is not going my way i just want to like break things and it's really yeah, hard yeah. so there's a lot of like you know i try really hard not to snap but sometimes mm-hmm. i snap yeah and so i have to be like i'm really apologizing and being mm-hmm. like, I'm really sorry, mm-hmm. guys. Like, I'm sorry that I was, I used the, that I said the word fuck, you know, mm-hmm. not at you, obviously, but yeah, they know that it's not directed at them. It's really important, I think, for kids to understand that your symptoms are because of what you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, hey, guys, like, I'm really angry right now. It's not your fault. Because, yeah. like, a lot 
lot of times kids will think, oh, mom is saying this, I don't, I do something wrong. Mm -hmm. So like kind of reinforcing the fact that if I snap, um, it's going to happen, right? Like yeah. there's just some circumstances where, you know, if like somebody spilled coffee on the TV, like it's going to make me snap. Like yeah. that's, but I, ha I also have started to get, gain more awareness into like when it's escalating, like when, like almost like imagine um, a thermometer, right? Like mm -hmm. rising and then it's going to like fever point. Yeah. Like being aware of when that's happening and going, okay, I'm starting to see red now. Yeah. Like um, I, I may or may not snap, but, mm -hmm. but also one of the things that really helped me is my friend, one of my best friends, Jen, she has a son that I was telling you about, Jonathan. Mm -hmm. um, and Jonathan is the same age as my daughter, Samara, mm -hmm. like seven, eight. And so Samara would be doing something that was like infuriating, mm -hmm. you know, to me, like refusing to eat or, you know, be hitting or doing something that is like very, very annoying. Mm -hmm. And Jen would be like, he doesn't know how annoying you feel. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes you're taking it, I, I will take it personally, yeah. like they're doing it to be spiteful. They're kids, like they, yeah. they're gonna do shit that's fucking annoying, yeah. right? It's not like an adult. Like if you were just tapping me over and over again, I'd be like, Tristan, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing <laughs> yeah. that, right? Sometimes kids are doing shit and they don't mm -hmm. know how fucking annoying it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's a very normal parenting topic of like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> we're all like, and I mean this in the kindest possible. We're all idiots. They don't know what they're doing. Like. And so you kind of can't judge on the same scale. Well, you all talking. You're talking to the person who was a three-year-old an yeah. asshole. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's the, fair. so that's the thing is that I feel, but that's really what it is. Yeah, it's humanizing parenting and understanding mm -hmm. that. Don't feel bad if you're having the thought like my kid is a fucking dickhead right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Don't say it to them. Yeah. But like, think it in your head, and you know. Punch a punch a wall. Don't hit your fist, but yeah. you know, punch a pillow. Do, do go scream in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. There should be dedicated screaming rooms <laughs> when you have children. Just like a room. It's a crying room, but for the adults. Exactly, it's yeah. a crying room for the adults. Because my problem is impulse control. Sure. If if Aaron's son is making the fucking quacking sound of a duck over and over and over again, mm -hmm. I I said to him, I said, Aaron, I'm like, I don't know how the fuck you tune, you tune that out because it's so annoying <laughs> like I would literally defenestrate your child like I seriously don't understand mm. because to me it's one of those sensory things yeah that's one of the things that's really hard for me like that filter mm -hmm. having bipolar and the filter filling up is the sensory overload yeah that children have they're talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and they're very concerned and they're like I have to pee down for no reason yeah yeah, exactly. You can say to like your friend, "Hey, like I, I really just feel like I need a quiet moment." Yeah. You know, the the kids you have to aggressively ask them to shut mm. the fuck <laughs> up. Like not like that, but th well, the best part was Aaron's son at his school has this thing called Quiet Coyote. So they do this thing where it's like levels of voices, right? Uh -huh. So like zero is not talk. No, Quiet Coyote is like shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Right. One is like a little louder, mm -hmm. two is a little louder, three is a little louder. Yeah. So when we want them to shut the fuck up, we'll just be like, quiet coyote, yeah. you know, because sometimes you need a quiet coyote. Yeah. I want to do that with adults. 
all yeah. the time. <laughs> like at the DMV, exactly. you're like, you also are in a relationship with someone who's also mentally ill, and how do you navigate that? Not only that, but we have one of the same diagnoses. We're both mm-hmm. bipolar too. Yeah. And when I met Aaron, it was it was that it was wonderful in some ways because mm-hmm. I met him and I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. like you you are my twin. Yeah. Right. I understand you without even speaking. I'm like, I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. We we were having this conversation when we first met. I he'd be like, I get that. That's mm-hmm. where I started getting that expression from. He'd be like, I get that. I get that. <laughs> and I would, and it was one of these things where we understand each other so well. But sometimes what happens is there's a clash of symptoms. Sure. Yeah. So if he's really depressed, like I want to save him or I want to be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm sorry. I know how mm-hmm. that is. I want to take care of you. But the problem is that to be aware of, I think when you're in a relationship with someone who has mental illness and potentially the same one, mm-hmm. is there's a strong likelihood of, of molding into a codependent dynamic. Yes. And so we, one of the ways that we're trying to navigate this now mm-hmm. is we're so, we're so like therapizing each other. Mm-hmm. We're like, we must not be codependent. Yes. We must, it's really, it's really natural when you're self-aware and you're in therapy and you're mm-hmm. taking care and managing your mental health to try to therapize your partner. And you need to remember that that's actually someone you're fucking and not your yeah, client. That's not your client. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? That's not, yeah. I, I have, and so we we will say to each other, Aaron will be like, I think you're therapizing me right yeah. now. <laughs> Stop doing that. And yeah. and I, and the, the key to it, really, my boss said this to me, and I, I think this is so fucking true of like every relationship ever. Mm-hmm. I used to bug out at work about you know, I'm gonna get fired like do you hate what I'm doing I just had to talk to my, <laughs> my boss and I do you hate do you hate what I'm doing am I doing a bad job and he was like Sarah you would not be working here mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were doing a bad job I will let right? you know <laughs> exactly like finally you think yeah. I'll just have to do that he's like I'm sorry like you would not be here mm-hmm. I would fire you yeah and, <laughs> and so so but his he said to me and this mm. is goes back to relationships like romantic relationships he said the two core values that I that I treasure most or most important to me are honesty and communication yeah if you are honest with me mm-hmm. and you communicate and tell me what's going on we will work together for years same applies to a romantic relationship mm-hmm. nobody as far as I know can read each other's minds mm-hmm. right there is this level of like when you're with somebody for a long time, you kind of intuitively pick up on mm-hmm. things. And also, you talk about the ADHD superpower where you yeah. know sometimes yeah. where, where someone's going or what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. But if you don't fucking tell me what's pissing you off, yeah. I can't know that. Yeah. Or I could be doing it and just not know that it's upsetting you. And mm-hmm. I don't like that. But also realizing what the thing about uh, the thing that, that we navigate, I think, pretty well is knowing when your symptoms are happening and letting your partner know yeah like that's that's what what i feel like is so important for me is i like i was on the phone with aaron in the car i'm so anxious Mm -hmm. i'm so anxious and he knows how that is Mm -hmm. and he doesn't need to save me but he needs to remind me what can you control right now right Mm -hmm. so it's really about not taking care of that person not becoming like their therapist or 
you know, their Florence Nightingale as their caretaker, but yeah. just empowering them. Like, I want, I don't want him to take care of me. No. And I don't want to take care of him. I want to take care of him in a healthy way. Yeah. But I want him to remind me that I can take care of myself because that is the most empowering thing is to remember when your partner believes in you Mm -hmm. and says, like, hey, you're fucking badass. Like, you can take care of yourself. Yeah, you're suffering right now. I can acknowledge that Mm -hmm. and I can appreciate it. But you're not going to die and you have control over certain things. Yeah. The big one of the biggest things in a relationship and that works for us is empower empowering this other person. Mm-hmm. And also walking away sometimes. Sometimes you do not need to talk shit out. So yeah. hard for a cerebral person or analytical mm-hmm. person. That's another way in which we're we both have mental illness, but we're both like hyper analytical. Yeah. So we're gonna sit there and be like, Let's analyze our relationship for seven hours. Yeah. That doesn't actually help at all. No. <laughs> like that's that's actually <laughs> ruined relationships for me. Yeah. We were like, so I'm analyzing the dynamic of this relationship mm-hmm. and not actually you and me. Mm-hmm. That's not a, that's not going to go well. Yeah, it's not like if you get a big kind of a nice chauvinist parent next to you and you're going, oh, it has notes of this, blah blah blah. You or you can just go, oh, this is good. I'm enjoying this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm totally. That's yeah. a great analogy, and th- and I am so guilty of that. I'll yeah. be like, what do you love about me? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you love? What are my areas of where I can improve? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at your quarterly report. <laughs> um, but you do a fair amount of things, but you're mostly a writer. And um, not just how do you, I, I think we talked about like how you got into writing earlier, but like how do you manage, like when there are deadlines mm-hmm. and how do you manage your illness and that sort of thing when th- there's business to be done? What do you have any advice for that? Is that something that I might I really think it got to a point where I was fucking deadlines up so hardcore mm-hmm. that I needed to hire an assistant. Yeah. And the the thing is, is that I'm okay with the fact that I don't have executive functioning. Okay. Some people can build houses. Mm-hmm. I can't. Sure. Some people, you know what I mean, can drive a truck. I can't. I don't have any desire to do that. Maybe once. <laughs> I want to. I want to drive a Zamboni. Actually, that's what I've always wanted to drive a Zamboni. It would look so much fun. Yes. But um, I I got to the point where and and somebody could could make an assertion like, why are you hiring someone to help you? That seems gratuitous. You're wasting money. No, it's not because yeah. if I'm hiring somebody to help me organize my plan my schedule, right, mm-hmm. or kick me in the ass and be like, hey, did you get this thing done? Yeah, it's fucking project management school or a job. Yeah, that, that's what they do, right? Sure, yeah. So I've implemented a system in which this person is my accountability partner mm-hmm. and supplementing for where I don't have that that you know like I don't have enough dopamine between careers to do that skill. So here's someone who's who's supporting me in that mm-hmm. and they're not doing it for me mm-hmm. but they're reminding me like oh hey you need to fucking do this. Yeah. You know, and so I think that either hire someone to help you if you can't do it. And there's no shame in being like, you know what? I need help. Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not like overly relying on something or someone to do something mm-hmm. that you can do, it's okay to have a supportive system. So I think either hire somebody or if you have enough um, executive functioning to do this, I, I do this anyway. Mm-hmm. 
every fucking thing goes in that Julia Cat's bowl. Yeah. Remember to eat, right? <laughs> Literally, totally. like, eat a banana. Yeah. Lunchtime, you know, mm-hmm. call so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, th- things that people would be like, what the fuck is that in your calendar? <laughs> your glasses are in the drawer. Yeah. You know, um, oh, this is another thing that I do for my anxiety, which mm-hmm. is really fucking helpful and also helps with deadlines. Sure. The thing about ADHD that people don't realize, okay, think about abstract artists, mm-hmm. right? So you could go to like MoMA and see see a dot on a canvas and most people would be like, what the fuck does that mean? That's the brain of someone with ADHD. (laughs) Everything is in like weird places and it makes sense to you, but it doesn't make sense to anybody else. Yeah. Or all that weird exchanges I got in mind, like it's not a big deal for you, but it functions, but why don't do it that way? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the way that somebody with ADHD functions in quotes. Mm -hmm. Now, the, our society isn't developed for somebody like us. Mm-hmm. It's not. So be, so the way that you need to do things is to, to one, it's, okay, this is how you get things done. There's a million ways, right? But one of them is to accept the fact that what's around you is not inherently going to work for you. Sure. So, yeah. so knowing that, well, first of all, you need to realize, am I getting shit done or not? Mm-hmm. If you're getting shit done, then don't don't push it. Don't yeah. don't fuck rock the boat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if shit is not getting done, it needs to change. Mm-hmm. Now, that is a universal thing, right? Sure. With your relationship or whatever. Is, uh, is shit okay? Do you feel happy? No? Mm-hmm. Okay, something needs to change. Very, break it down really simply. Yeah. So the same thing with getting shit done. This is an anxiety trick I realized. Let's say I send a pitch, right, to a magazine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want to obsessively ask the editor if they like it. I want mm-hmm. to. It's going to repeat in my brain a sure. million times. I don't have a concept of time. Mm-hmm. So if I don't check that before I wreck myself, I will follow up with them the next day and mm-hmm. think it's been a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cool. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, that's hyperbolic, but you know what I mean? So let's say I say, okay, dear Tristan, here's my pitch. So this is now Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to put in my calendar to follow up with them next Friday. Okay. Okay. okay that's one thing. Mm-hmm. So that I don't obsessively annoy them. Yeah. Now, another thing is, if somebody doesn't give you a deadline, mm-hmm. make one. Yes. Because I'm not going to do it if you don't give me a deadline. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I will not fucking do what you ask me to do. Yeah. Not absolutely. because I'm being defiant, mm-hmm. but because I can't conceptualize that. Yeah. So you need to self-impose a deadline if no one gives you one. Yeah. So, like, let's say, when do you want this back? And they're like, oh, whenever. They don't mean that. Mm-hmm. They do not mean that because they're relying on you to make your own fucking deadline, which mm-hmm. is not fair, in my opinion, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. That's, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, where's the underwear in this drawer? I don't know. Can you figure it out? No. Yeah. No, yeah. I can't. I don't know how the store is designed. <laughs> but, yeah, so superimpose a deadline. Another yeah. thing is, if you this is the thing that really is like universal in the world is you don't know when someone's going to get back to you right yeah so here's a way to control that mm-hmm. best trick ever if you are worried about this person getting back to you so you're communicating them via via email you s- i say this mm-hmm. i don't know who the fuck taught me this but they're goddamn genius mm-hmm. i say just to manage my expectations 
when do you think you'll get back to me? Mm-hmm. Because then you're putting it on yourself. Mm-hmm. You're saying, I want to manage my anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's what you're telling yourself. So if you can tell me mm-hmm. when you'll be getting back to me, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, for sure. Now I can put it in my calendar and say, okay, you're going to get back to me then. Mm-hmm. But really the, the big thing is to have deadlines. Mm-hmm. Have a deadline whether it's superimposed by you or the person tells you what it is, Mm -hmm. and then whatever the fuck you do, have somebody help you keep that deadline Mm -hmm. and do not wait until the last minute. I know know that it's like intuitive for someone with ADHD to be like, but I do my best work under pressure. No, you fucking don't. No one does. No, you you think that because you have to do it. And I think also there's definitely like an endorphin rush from that of like, oh, so creative I'm trying to get it and like you you end up just shooting yourself in the foot just come out and just fucking do it when you're supposed to do it and move on yeah I mean if you want to create that then mm-hmm. just do meth no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but I mean yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the right area for that now oh. but <laughs> but um oh my god I have too many stories about that but yeah no but yeah I mean it, it sucks because you are kind of getting high yeah. right like when I wrote the depression workbook yeah. and they made me write 6,000 words every week, I was yeah. like, I'm going to wait till like two weeks before and then uh. bust out those 6,000 words. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fucking shit my pants, yep. never shower. <laughs> you know, it's it's not it's not a good look. Like, no. you know, yeah, it's not sexy to like break things down into milestones. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Yeah, okay, it's boring. Guess what? Do you want to feel stressed out? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and the thing is, what is intuitive to someone with ADHD mm-hmm. is not necessarily the best way to do something. Yeah. Right? So, like, sometimes it's about opposite actioning. Yeah. You think this is going to work. Let's look at the historical evidence. Yeah. Empi- <laughs> empirically, this has not worked for me and yeah. made me feel really bad. Yep. So, let's take, uh, let's step back from this and say, hey, how about we break this thing down into two steps? Also, having a neurotypical person look at something, I yeah. don't know where those people live. I haven't <laughs> met them. But someone who, but really what it is. Someone they're all in a commune in California. <laughs> exactly. Don't tell. Exactly. Exactly. They're like right there. I love, the funniest shit ever is uh-huh. when you're like talking to someone, you think that they, they're going to get it mm-hmm. about anxiety and they yeah. don't get it. And you're like, you know when like you're so anxious and like you're going to the bathroom every five minutes, they're like, I never had that problem. Don't know what you mean. Exactly. They're like, I have wait. a bladder of steel. Exactly. That's the best. I've had that. That is something that someone needs to write about. Mm. Is like the physiological symptoms yeah. of anxiety that feels so real. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like you have a UTI, but you really don't. Sure, you're yeah, peeing yeah, every yeah. five minutes because you're stressed out. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking thing. Yeah. People absolutely. get prescribed Prozac for that. It's true it, because yeah. because your brain is twitching and mm-hmm. saying like. You need to go to the bathroom. No, that's anxiety. Yeah. It's anxiety. But, yeah, it's it's a matter of, like, realizing that sometimes you can't see things in perspective. It's, it's sort of similar to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. You don't know you're manic, right? You don't yeah. know you're hyper, hypermanic, and then maybe your friend who's not bipolar can be like, you know, I've noticed that you're mm-hmm. talking differently, mm-hmm. and maybe you need to look at this. Yeah. But there's also another thing. It's mental, mental illness is so tricky. Like, yeah. you don't want to piss somebody off to the point where they're not going to call their doctor or, ch- yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. So it's like, hey, man, like, I just want to let you know mm-hmm. I'm not trying to judge you. Mm-hmm. 
but I want to let you know I've seen this, so maybe you want to check it. If they get pissed off, that's their problem. Yeah. But you know that you did due diligence. Yeah. I feel like you can go the opposite way, too. Like, hey, man, I haven't heard you from you in, like, a week and a half. Are you are you bummed out? What's going on? Like, are you okay? And, like, that's the thing that's that's so frustrating about, like, the whole when, when like, um, Bill Bernadine takes place uh, in Buffalo. And, like, there's this big resurgence of, like, suicide hotline and everyone's freaked out. And what people don't seem to understand is a lot of the time it's, like, the disease itself makes you catatonic and you're unable to reach out. So you shouldn't necessarily have to like rely on other people, right. but if you are good friends with someone and they're behaving differently than they normally do, maybe you should check in on them or even if they're not, you just if they're not behaving differently than they normally do, just say you will great cuz like cuz it is one of those things of like people who are who present as happy do have other things going on and then also just like even if you're strong, even if you can manage really well, you're going to have days that are bad, and everyone needs support, you know? I will never forget, yeah, totally, I will never forget one of my friends saying to me, like, I, when I'm depressed or I'm going through, like, an episode mm-hmm. of any kind where it's, like, super intense, yeah. and she said, it's okay to break down. Yeah. And I just fucking lost my shit and started yeah. crying like crazy, mm-hmm. like, just like floodgates because yeah. you are trying so hard to keep your shit together because mm-hmm. you know if you let yourself like if I let myself go to the place mm-hmm. sometimes it's what it takes is me being in bed for 24 hours yeah. and then being like oh shit oh now I know what's going on Yeah. right now I need to stop that mm-hmm. but I the only way sometimes that I can get through that episode is to be a hard ass mm-hmm. and be like I know you feel like shit I know like the self compassion thing like hey, it must be so hard for you mm-hmm. to feel that. It must mm-hmm. be so hard for you. But you have to get up anyway. Yeah. You, you know, being like, what you're dealing with is not, is undeniable. Yeah. It's not like it's not happening, so acknowledge it. But th- one of the things that got me thr- through the worst depressive episode probably of my life, or one of them, is when my therapist said, be self-compassion, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes you don't know what to do to fix it, but just say to yourself, Hey, wow, Sarah, it must be so painful. Like my my I have like really bad thoughts like I just don't want to I don't I want to die, mm-hmm. I don't want to exist and just to think it must be so painful for you to feel that way, Sarah. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. And 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 just treating myself like another person that was yeah. in pain and talking to myself because sometimes you're like I don't fucking know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so like being like it must be painful. I'm not gonna feel bad for myself, mm-hmm. but acknowledging it and do your shit anyway. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that life is gonna keep moving. Oh yeah. So you yeah. can sit there and not shower for forty days, or you can be like, you're gonna go in the shower now. Mm-hmm. It's gonna feel awful. That's another thing. Is yeah. is the opposite action thing really yeah. help me? Behavioral activation, mm-hmm. being like, I know this is gonna feel really fucking bad, mm-hmm. and just do it anyway. Yeah. And it's so excruciatingly painful when you don't want to shower and you have to mm-hmm. make yourself do it or you don't want to leave your house and you have to make yourself do it yeah it's really 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 hard and people are like i, I i'm a i'm a bitch to people mm-hmm. when they're depressed and they yeah. and they're they're little fucking babies and they yeah. cry about it mm-hmm. i'll be like i know it i know it sucks yeah do it anyway yeah it's that whole thing of like most of life is unpleasant so like oh no it's kind of like the way I kind of think it's like oh no I'm depressed 
you know, so is everybody in some way. Also, like, you're not going to be in a number of days. It'll be fine. It's it's hard because you have to walk that line of being understanding with yourself, like you're saying, but also like holding yourself accountable. It's kind of like there's that um, there's that video of Will Smith that went viral of like responsibility um, versus um, uh, fault. It's not your fault that you're depressed, but it's your responsibility to counteract it. It's so true, and and then that thing about um. Oh, okay. So I always quote this, and people get so annoyed. They're like, "Yo, you fucking told me this shit." <laughs> but the introduction to the book, "The Road Less Traveled," mm-hmm. I don't remember. Uh, it's it's a dude who wrote it. I can't remember mm-hmm. who it is, but it is the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. People confuse it with the poem. Yeah. Um, but it's a book, and the introduction to the road less traveled changed my whole life. Mm-hmm. This this guy that was um, trying to date me. He introduced it to me. Mm. It basically what it says is life is painful. Yeah, it's awful. It is. It is suffering. It's like the Buddhist principle. Yeah, but as long as you accept that, mm-hmm. that life is very painful, and this mm-hmm. is the norm. Mm-hmm. This is the baseline. You will feel happy. Yeah, because you know that that's normal. If mm-hmm. shit is going down and everything is crazy and mm-hmm. you can't control it, that's normal. Yeah. So when things are happy and stable and baseline, mm-hmm. that's an aberration, and you appreciate it. Yeah. So it's not to say that you should have a dysfunctional lifestyle and be <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's totally normal. Yeah. I'm like eating a crackhead yeah, and yeah. prostituting myself. Like mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not healthy, mm-hmm. right? But it's like Aaron always says to me this, like I'll be like, can't control it. Everything's mm-hmm. awful. I hate myself. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. He's like, be a rock in the chaos. Yeah. Be a rock in that storm. You know that everything is fucked up around you, and that's okay, mm-hmm. and that's normal, mm-hmm. right? So knowing that and reading that in the road less traveled made me feel like, oh, I'm not special, right? Yeah. Everybody's suffering in yeah. some way. It's okay. Maybe they're not talking about it. That was the thing that was so hard for me to accept, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. People internalize their feelings. Mm-hmm. And so you sometimes, as someone that's open, I feel yeah. sometimes like, wow, like everybody has their shit together and I'm so fucked up. No, no one's talking about their fucked upness if they, if they look normal. Yeah. Because everyone has shit. And so if they're not talking about it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It means that they're just not talking about it. Yeah. And the whole thing about depression that's so interesting is I say the, sa- I say the same sort of thing. I think that's really wise what you mm-hmm. said about checking in on someone when, mm-hmm. they're, when they're catatonic or yeah. not responsive. Is I say to people, like, you know, I'm a social media whore. Like, I'm always online. I'm always mm-hmm. posting shit. You know something is wrong when I'm not there, yeah, right? Yeah. When there's crickets, exactly. Right. When there's crickets or you don't hear from me or I'm not mm-hmm. texting you back or I'm not calling you obsessively at five in the morning, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, again, like that's an exaggeration. People mm-hmm. get mad at me for not realizing <laughs> what time is. But here's the thing. Yeah. You have to pick the phone up. You mm-hmm. can't talk. Let's leave a voicemail. Yeah. But anyway, the point is, if you don't hear from me, yeah. if I go radio silent, there's probably something so I've had people show up at my house, oh, wow. you know, and be like, you're all right? Or no, just not, not like show up without announcing, but yeah, like yeah. my best friend Jen will be like, I'm coming over. Yeah. You know, because she knows 
happen or something is wrong. And so another thing that I think is good too, mm-hmm. like what you said, sometimes when you're depressed, a lot of times you can't mm-hmm. ask for help. Yeah. And the societal expectation to say to someone and guilt trip them and be mm-hmm. like, which I think it is, it's yeah. totally guilt tripping or victim blaming to mm-hmm. be like, you should really ask for help. You're burning a chip. Yeah. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But Absolutely. but you're like, okay, but I can't because I I just want to kill myself yeah. or I feel awful. But I don't even tolerate me right now, let alone another person. Exactly. Like, what like, are you talking about? I don't want to be around humans. Mm-hmm. They're so people-y. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, and it's like, no. And so th- the thing to remember is also when you're feeling good or, feel, you know, feeling mm-hmm. stable or whatever. We're really talking about stable right now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But when you're feeling like yourself in quotes or the mm-hmm. best version of you to tell people, you know, I'm feeling good right now, but just so that you know, if I don't ever talk, if I'm if I'm radio silent, you tell mm-hmm. them, tell people, communicate yeah. with them, and say, if I go radio silent, you can totally check in with me, or I'm just letting you know, I might not call you, mm-hmm. and that means that something's wrong. So let yeah. them know ahead of time when things are good. Yeah. It's almost like um, if you're fighting with somebody, is it good to bring up what's annoying about them in the moment? Probably not. No. But you can say, hey. You know, when I get upset, this happens, just yeah. so that you know. Mm-hmm. So this is what we can do. Or maybe ask them also about their shit, right? Mm-hmm. When you're doing this, sometimes I don't know how to help. Is there something that I can do to help you? Yeah. Because I think that what's underrated right now in our society is, and, and has probably been like that, you know, for years, and I don't know what happened, but is this idea of self-absorbed people, right? So you're not, I want people to think about other people more. Yeah. Because that to me, well, there's a balance. You don't want to be a martyr, but. You can't pour out of an empty cup, but you you can make sure that your cup is full. Exactly. You know? Exactly. So first of all, be around people that get that. Mm You don't have, I mean, teaching empathy is important, but modeling it is good too, mm-hmm. right? So if, you, if if I just say like, like I was feeling bad, like I was thinking about it, actually, here's an example. Like I was feeling so bad that I was like fucking up and not meeting you on time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to think about how that feels for him, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to make you angry or like, mm-hmm. I don't want to make anyone feel resentful. So I try sometimes to like circumvent or like remind myself you know, sometimes my shit affects people. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. So just taking accountability, don't feel bad about yourself if you can, but just being like, you know what? I don't want to inconvenience somebody. Yeah, this right? one's on me. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to acknowledge that and be like, you know what? I'm sorry that I inconvenienced you. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. And um, but then again, there's this, this tendency, like my friend Sparkle, who is also my assistant, she's mm-hmm. awesome, but me, her, and Aaron were hanging out, and she's like, I'm really sorry that blah, blah, blah. I'm really sorry. She was like, you don't have to apologize for this one. Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. it's not your fault that, like, yeah. the train ran late mm-hmm. or, like, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I think that we over-apologize mm-hmm. as anxious people sometimes yeah. because there's this thing about, I don't know if you've had this, but, like, I've been called annoying for being anxious sometimes. Yeah. Right? So there's, so I constantly feel annoying mm-hmm. no matter what. Yep. Even if I'm, I don't, I'm not doing even anything. Yeah, like you're just in the room. You're just fine. existing. Yeah. Which there's this trend, and I really, really agree with it, of like, rather than saying, I'm sorry I'm late, you can just 
myself. Thank you for waiting for me. That's so good. Because it just puts it on, on a positive and you acknowledge something that happened and you're also like saying you're acknowledging the thing that like because if you go, I'm sorry, you're making it about you, and you're going, can you give me forgiveness, rather than going, thank you, I see what you're doing, and I appreciate it. That's so good. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. That's really, really good. And you know what's, what to kind of like piggyback on that? That's mm-hmm. a really good point. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you on that. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I think is underrated is that appreciation. And kind mm-hmm. of pointing out, you know, I really appreciate when you yeah. – do this and it's not and it's not cheesy or cliche you're showing someone i noticed Mm -hmm. that you're doing something that is is really kind yeah and sometimes people are weirded out by that and they're like what's the catch why are you being so nice and that's that's kind of on them right because you're mistrustful of people who are nice and i have dealt with a fair amount of people like that it's like well that's not my fault that's not my problem i'm gonna keep doing gonna keep doing this this is just one of those things of like and I think I've mentioned this a few times when it comes around like um I almost choked to death on a piece of pizza and like uh, that's a dumb way to go but it was one of those moments of like oh just breathing's nice how's that you know and so when you kind of have that attitude of you know I have this saying it's all like every day's a gift some days the gift is socks but it's still a gift I love socks yeah exactly she's like it's fine and Our like vibe. yeah <laughs> <laughs> And it is one of those things of like, some people don't get that and they can't acknowledge it, but it's okay if that's something they're dealing with. Don't make it affect you, you know. Totally, and and that's hard. It's really mm-hmm. really hard for some people. Like for me, that's difficult. Like I'll be like, and this this whole thing about right, like don't take it personally. Yeah. Right. So, I I sometimes have di- difficulty, and that's why I think empathy is important. Mm-hmm. Seeing things from someone else's point of view because totally. to me I'll be like that's so logical like why wouldn't you be angry at this thing mm-hmm. and I have this with Aaron all the time I'm like why aren't you mad about that I'm mm. so mad and he's like I don't know I don't really have an investment in that yeah, yeah that doesn't seem like I, <laughs> that know? interests me I'm sorry yeah exactly yeah. And, and and that is a kind <laughs> of a great difference between us yeah. is that I'm like invested in everything. Mm-hmm. And like it's like the stock market of empathy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm so invested in why. <laughs> I'm so sad for the pretzel guy that he well, ran out of food. Yeah, you know, like, like no, you don't have to care about that. You don't. You, you can really just don't have to care about that. You can absolutely go, that's terrible, but it's not my problem. No, exactly. And and so people often misinterpret him. Yeah. And they'll think like he just doesn't give a shit about anything or he's totally apathetic. No, he's picking and choosing. Yeah. He's he's deciding like I'm choosing to care about this, and yeah. that's and that's a really hard thing for me to to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. But it's also about when you get into a conflict with someone, whether you're close to them or not, whether it's business or personal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another thing that I I have in my phone the screenshot. There's mm-hmm. a, a rap group EPMD, mm-hmm. and there there's an album that's named Business Never Personal. Mm. Really important to keep in mind with yeah. anything work-related. Yeah. If somebody is upset at something you did or did not do, this is not personal. This yeah. is about time and wa- wasting people's time and resources or money. Right? It's all logistical. Yeah. It is not personal. And you know what? Nobody here fucking knows. What do you even do about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Th- there's nothing you can do. You cannot make people like you. Yeah. Uh, which I which I get, get sad about. I'm like, why don't they like me? Yeah. But they, they there's nothing I can do. Yeah. So 
is this concept of I hate the four agreements. Have you ever read that book or know about it? Don't ever fucking read it. It's gonna make you feel like shit. It's like one of the the four agreements or tenets is don't take things personally. Mm -hmm. How the fuck are you supposed to do that? I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely understand that. I've been trying to get more and more like perceptive about that mentality because it is this weird thing of like this is where I come from is like nothing is personal because what is a personality like there's no personality yeah there's no like what is a self it's not my fault that this didn't happen like and you can all you can do is when you like fuck up or someone doesn't like you all you can do is just in the future try and be nicer or like whatever but it is like also like I don't take things very I do and I don't like because you know everyone takes everything personally but I try not to because it's like this isn't like specifically with business it's like well this doesn't have anything to do with me this has to do with the job or it has to do with the the thing I'm making and then also like I'm totally willing to be drastic back and it's just like I don't know like it's just like I want it we all want the same thing and that's for people to be okay with us and for people to like for the thing to be great right and they're not thinking about you that's the thing that's the thing that helps me is that no one gives a shit about you they do not fucking care yeah and that and that's it's hard to like really realize that mm-hmm. is that when you have anxiety specifically yeah. you're constantly like oh no people hate me they hate me they hate me which is the thing about it's kind of egotistical it's egotistical exactly yeah. and that and people think you're being like narcissist or whatever mm-hmm. no it's your illness mm-hmm. and it and it is it is self-absorbed in a way right mm-hmm. to be like oh it's me i'm i'm doing something wrong care about you like yeah. like they really don't like they're most, already over it they're they're over it they and 92 percent of the time mm-hmm. they're thinking about their perspective they're not thinking about how especially in a job yeah right so like my my boss said i love him Lewis, if you're listening to this uh, he's not but he mm-hmm. may but he may be i could send it to him mm-hmm. um he he says to me like like you know be like how's it going right it's because we have like this um i am system at right. work called slack yeah so i'm like does he think i'm like in my bag or something <laughs> bad and you know i'm like reading into like sarah question yeah. mark yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and and uh, and my friend my coworker, um and i had the same kind of anxiety about sure. like what happens if he's reaching out or mm-hmm. just at literally asking like how's your day going yeah, yeah. and so she said to him, which I thought was so hilarious because I thought it. She's like, "Is this a test?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was like, "No." He's <laughs> like, "Say, are you doing the job? Is the job going okay? Do you exactly. need help? What's going on?" And he has said to me so many times, he's like, "I will tell you if something yeah. is wrong." Like, mm-hmm. I'll and I'll, I will be anxious, and I'll be like, "I'm so sorry, but um, was that document okay?" He's mm-hmm. like, "Sarah." Like, you know, if something needs edits. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also this this need for validation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know I love effing birds on Twitter. So one of their memes is, here's the validation you crave. We all want to know that we're doing something awesome. Yeah. I don't care if you're saying that or not. You're thinking Mm -hmm. it. Oh, for sure. We want to know that what we're doing is worth value. Mm -hmm. We want to know that we're doing a good job. And sometimes it's really hard to reassure yourself of that because you're in your own head so much and maybe you've worked on this Google Doc for like seven hours Mm -hmm. and you've like deleted the word the or and or like it's like too much you're very in this Mm -hmm. Um, 
quick writing tip, which will help everybody. Mm-hmm. Go through whatever you wrote and delete the words basically, ultimately, really, very, mm-hmm. definitely. Yes. None of those belong there. Yeah. They're all gratuitous. Yes. And, and the thing is, you can let yourself write it initially, get it all word mm-hmm. vomited, delete it later. Yep. Because think about it. Does very ever add anything to something? Not unless you use it three times. Then it's very, 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 very emphatical. And and, well, gr- and Grammarly hates. Oh, for sure. Grammarly hates very, but also Grammarly will say to you, "Well, tell me." <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, this has been very, 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 very fun, <laughs> and I think we're gonna wrap up. But thank you for coming back on. I'm really sorry I talk so much. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. Yeah, you're welcome for me listening to you. Thank you yeah. for thank you for having me. Yeah, you're quite welcome. <laughs>